for our friend and famous Jeff Oh, my Gio. word. Man, thank you, Todd. Appreciate it. Um, I was telling Todd yesterday, it, it, I don't know, I, I absolutely love doing this stuff and just encouraging and empowering people, equipping, you know. Uh, but seriously, you know, so I just am so thankful, Todd, for even just the opportunity to do this. Uh, the fact that we, I love it too, because we didn't just, like he said, hey, you should speak. And I'll say, okay, I'll, I'll figure it out. But I'm on the executive team with a bunch of other people as well. And we got together. They looked through the book and said, well, we think you should do this chapter and this chapter. And we kind of tried to figure out how could we get 15 you know, chapters into four sessions. <laughs> and that, that is not possible, obviously. But, uh, but we w I just love the team effort that we had in trying to make this happen. So this is definitely not about me. This is not about um, any of our presenters. This is really just about trying to equip you guys and encourage you in the season that you're in as you lead others to do it with biblical understanding, right? And the power of the Holy Spirit to help you help your congregation and help your teams. Uh, I just really want to see that happen desperately. Now we, we are, I think you figured this out. I haven't actually seen the brochure. I'm sure it has all this in there, but it, if you, we are building on things over the course of the, the weekend here. So I'm not teaching the same session that I taught yesterday. Kind of building on that, I'll probably just give a couple little highlights for, I know there are some people that couldn't have been here yesterday or here today, but uh, I would encourage you, we have three sessions today, and I would encourage you to hang out with those, if you, with us uh, for those if you can. Uh, we're just gonna continue to build. Um, let me just do this, let me just say a word of prayer, and uh, then we can jump in, all right? Father, we humble ourselves before you. You are the reason that we're here. You're the reason that we're alive. Like, you're the reason we're breathing, Lord. And we just recognize you. We, ought, we just honor you this morning, Lord. We thank you that you are with us, that you haven't left us, that you're the God who is close. There's no other God that's with their people. Lord, you are with us. You live in us. It blows my mind, Lord. Re renew our minds even to that very fact this morning, Lord, that it's your presence, it's your power, it's your authority, it's your creativity, Lord. You made us, you designed us for your purpose. And Lord, we embrace your purpose, Lord. Uh, we, we don't want to make up our own purpose. We don't want to make up our own agenda. We don't want to make up our own ways of doing things, Lord. We know your spirit is leading and guiding. You have all wisdom, understanding, and knowledge and so we just lean into you this morning, your Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, show us. Spirit of God, teach us, Lord. Teach me this morning, God. We want to move in the way that you have called us to move. We want to lead our people in the way that you have called us to lead them. We want to serve our people in the way you've yeah. called us to serve them, mm -hmm. Lord. And we want to do it in your power and your authority and your, with your anointing, God. Would you anoint us afresh today, Lord? Would you bring refreshing to people who are exhausted, people, those of us who are just running? Lord, let us just pause, even in this moment, just breathe. We are your people, and you are the reason that we exist, even before we get into ministry, Lord, to be yours, to fellowship with you, to hear your voice, to walk and talk with you. Lord, would you encourage us today? Would you remind us today? And we will follow you if you will help us. And I know that you will. 
We love you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's good to just take just a few moments, you know, um, just to breathe. I know, I know we're all running. We all have a lot of things going. And it's a big sacrifice for you to take this weekend, right, and be here. And I, I know that you're excited about being here and ready to learn and all that stuff. But, man, would the Lord renew us today and remind us and refresh us, you know. Uh, there's a lot of information. And that's why, you know, the book is here. We don't have to cover it all this morning. But I just want to whet your appetite. I really do. I, the, first, the first thing I wrote in the book in the introduction, it says this, I don't want to help you lead worship. You're like, what? <laughs> I thought this was a worship leadership handbook. I don't want to help you lead worship. I want to help you spark culture, kingdom worship culture, to be exact. And that's really all I care about. I said this yesterday in the session, but there's nothing in this book or in this other book, Awakening Pure Worship, that doesn't come from this book. And I said this yesterday, but I, I, I really feel that there's a lot of things in this book that we're not doing in our services. Now, you know, it's, it's like when I talk to my kids. Sometimes I have four kids. I'll show that picture just because I have it. And you know, there were some of you that weren't here yesterday. But I have four kids, and sometimes, you know, I, I just tell all of them the same thing, right? I, or I'll correct everybody. And, and one of them is like, I didn't do that. What are you talking about? So, you know, take what's needed. You know, if I, if I have an idea and you're like, we're already doing that. I get it. You know, there's people up here that are probably doing everything that I'm saying. I mean, like, sweet. Maybe, and you, you could probably teach me some things for sure, you know. So we can grow together. But, but understand that as I'm talking to you, I know that some of you are doing some of these things. Some of you are doing all of these things. Maybe there's a few of you that aren't doing any of them. So let's just work together. Let's grow where we need to grow, right? Can we do that, all right? Let's agree on that. Doesn't mean I've got it all together. But, you know, the whole point is I just, I want us to take another look at this book. And there's a few, I think, significant pieces, not just like little things, but significant pieces that we need to revisit. And I mentioned some of that stuff yesterday. Uh, this thing is all about culture, as I mentioned with that first line. And I honestly, when I came to North Central 12 years ago, I don't think I really understood what that meant, you know, and I know everybody else here does, but I didn't really understand, like, because I had, I'd been traveling, and, and I was in one place every night, you know, so you're trying to, you're doing the same thing every night, but now at being at North Central, been there for 12 years, and at Celebration Church for 11 years now, uh, and actually have some longevity there, we're actually going to build something, and you can plant, and you can water, and you can bear fruit, and you can see change happening, right? But I've determined to be intentional about that. And I feel like sometimes the enemy is just running over us, and he's trying to keep us from being intentional about changing. We find ourselves in survival mode. This is a super cheesy way to say it, but I think we need to move from survival mode to revival mode, right? Like, I mean, help us, Lord, you know? And I don't mean to use that word revival as a cliche word, but like, really? Because some, some of us are just, and I get it, but we're like week to week. It's like paycheck to paycheck, not in the financial sense, but in the spiritual sense. You know, it's just all about if we can just get through this Sunday, if we can just get through this thing, if we can just get to that next meeting, if we can just get, as opposed to backing up and going, could we just get a big picture? What is the Spirit of God saying to us for our church for a year from now? Where is He directing us? Okay. So when I first started at North Central, I felt like the first thing the Lord said to me, he said, and we're just going to get into this here. Skip all the intro slides, put that up. 
he, he said to me, Jeff, I just want you to create more space for me. I mentioned yesterday in the session that when I got to North Central, we were doing four songs in 18 minutes. I think I, I told you yesterday, I, I was talking with a guy in Alaska. Their church does five songs in 17 minutes, and they do that by cutting out all the verses. I'm like, what in the world? I've never even heard of that. Like, heard of people cutting out the instrumental sections, you know, and that even drives me crazy. But, but I felt like the first thing the Lord said to me, because I, when I got to North Central, like, there was already a vibrant worship culture. I mean, if you know North Central, it's always been known for that. And the Lord was pleased with that but he's not done. You know, he wants more. He's like, there's deeper, there's more that we can do. And I, what I found is that he wanted me to strip some things away first instead of adding things. It was not about adding more things. It was about making room for the spirit of God to move. And so over 12 years, we have moved from doing four songs to the point now where you know, the teams, they just know, they don't, they don't even know that the culture's changed because, right, every four years we have a turnover. New, new kids come in and they're just like, this is how it always been, right? But the culture that we've intentionally worked really hard to create is one where they come in and go, okay, yeah, so we're supposed to just cre- uh, get two songs ready, probably do, we'll definitely do one of them. Maybe we'll do the second one. Definitely open to if somebody wants to come up and they have a word of prophecy or a word of knowledge or a message in tongues or something like that. That's a pretty normal culture for us right now at North Central. And that did not, was not the case when we got here. And again, I'm not saying that just because you do less songs, you're more spiritual. All right. We're not saying that. Right. But the point is to have to be to be open, to be flexible, to understand that there is a balance for the scripted, which is the planning and the unscripted, which is the Holy Spirit part of his, un- he's in both, we missed this yesterday, right? He's in the planning, and he's in the unplanned moments. And I think people sometimes, we were talking about this at dinner yesterday, that a lot of us pick one or the other based on our personality or the way that we were raised. I'm an A type, I definitely am the planning type. I mean, I don't know if you're like me, I, I was at a session the other day with a bunch of worship leaders, I was like, how many of you guys are A types? Like one person raised their hand. It was me and, and you in the back, and I was like, there was nobody else. They're like, what, what are you talking about? Uh, like, I actually like organizations, I like outlines. If, I'm, if I did something significant in my day and I didn't have it on my to-do list, I add it to the, the to-do list and cross it off, you know what I'm saying? I gotta feel like I accomplished something. People are like, what? But if it's in my phone, I'm deleting that, you know, whatever, you know, so I put it in and then delete it. <laughs> I got I want to feel good about doing something, right? But that I come from the scripted side of this, but the Lord has changed me, praise God, and he's helped me add the unscripted part of this, okay? I want to tell you a quick story about North Central. So I told you I've been working over a long period of time. That guy in Alaska I was talking to uh, who... He, he's really frustrated with the culture there. He's like, I've been here for nine months and I'm, nothing's changed. I'm like, bro, I've been here at North Central for 12 years. Now we've seen some change. But it was four years. I remember this. It was about four years into my time at North Central. And I had been working on uh, some of the things I'm talking about here. But I've been teaching in class, working with our worship teams, uh, on the stage, talking to our, non, like our non-music majors, trying to build culture just like you would with a congregation, Right. That's, all, that's my congregation there. And I always tell our students, and I'm going to talk about some spontaneous worship things today, but I always tell our students, hey, if you're going to sing spontaneous worship, you've got to make sure you lead the moment. So you've got to say something like, hey, go ahead and let's sing out. Let's sing our own song before the Lord or something like that. You've, you've done a teaching. 
uh, on, from Scripture, but you invite people to do it. So that if, if we just get to that musical moment and the band's all up there worshiping God and singing, but they don't tell, give any direction, right, then the congregation's like, what? What, what are y'all doing? Like, did the, are the lyrics, like, what happened? You know, like, they don't know what's going on because there's no leadership happening, right? So I'm like, if you're going to do that, which I really want you to, because we actually do that in class. I teach them how to lead a spontaneous worship moment. And they have to do that in front of their peers and for their peers. And so I tell them, every time you do it, you got to lead it. You got to tell them what you're doing, right? Invite them to sing out their own song. So I'm in chapel and the worship leader, the team's up there and they're singing. The worship leader goes into a spontaneous moment, but they don't tell the people. They don't lead it. And so I'm thinking, come on, man, you've got to lead this thing. But then the craziest thing happened. The students in the congregation started singing their own song anyways. And you might think to yourself, well, what's the big deal? <laughs> the big deal is that it began to take root. Culture that I, had been, that I had been modeling and teaching and all these things, like the reason I needed to give them instructions is because they didn't know what we were doing. But because we had been modeling it and doing it so often in chapel, I saw before my eyes the culture beginning to change and the people started to embrace the culture and it became theirs instead of ours. Does that make sense? Like I got, I literally fell on the floor and I was like crying to the Lord. Like, oh my God. Because I don't know how, how, how you guys think about this stuff, but I see culture building like I did when I was in fifth grade. All right, fifth grade. Uh, I don't know if you guys did any of these science experiments or whatever, but I remember in fifth grade, they gave us a little styrofoam cup and it had a little bit of dirt in it. And they gave us like a lettuce seed or a cucumber seed or something like that. We put that thing down in there and we watered it, right? And then we left and we came back the next day and we looked still dirt you know? <laughs> and we left and we came back the next day watered it put it in the sunshine you know still dirt come back come back and come back all of a sudden oh man come on all of a sudden one day i looked in that cup and there was a little shoot a little sign of life you see what i'm saying that is culture building to me sometimes you feel like nothing is going on no one's listening to a thing you're saying you're like oh my word lord i'm just wasting my time don't give up because your, your people are like that little suit, man. There are signs of life that are underneath the surface that are going to start to spring up. Okay, so this whole thing is about culture. And it's a, it's a, my question to you right off the top is, what is your church culture? Where are you in your church? How does it relate to this? Are you doing this? Are, do you know where are you at? And then where does the Holy Spirit want to take you? Where do we want to go? Where is he saying that we should go? Not where does your personality or your upbringing want you to go or what is the congregation demanding? No, what is the Spirit of God saying? And we have to assess. We have to assess where we're at. And then let's move. Let's start changing. Let's start moving. Let's start leading people, encouraging people, challenging people, helping people, serving people. It's all good. It's all good. I know, I'm so angry, right? Like, I'm passionate. It's just passion. It's not. <laughs> oh, man. What, we got like three minutes left for the session? <laughs> All right, look, I started out each, each chapter with a lie. This one says we've done just fine without spontaneous worship, so there's no good reason to run people off by incorporating it now. All right, that's the beginning of that chapter. Here, the deal is, number one is, well, how did I miss that? Okay. Following the Spirit is the key. That, and I've kind of been saying that already, right? Following the Holy Spirit is the key. This is the most important 
thing. What is the Spirit of God saying? Where is he taking us? All those types of things. Okay, so number one, and that's kind of like me sharing all that stuff about the shoot and about how culture is building. Like we're following the Spirit. What does the Spirit of God want from us? I remember that that was, it was almost like a Holy Spirit rebuke uh, when we were, when I was first at North Central because I felt like, well, the way, the way that I used to do things, and you guys, I'm sure can't relate to this, but I used to, when I was traveling, I used to, like someone would say, okay, you have 45 minutes to leave worship at some festival. And I'd be like, who are these people to tell me that I only got 45 minutes? I mean, if the Holy Spirit wants to go longer, you know, I go longer. And I would go 55. But guess what I did? I burned a lot of bridges doing that. And the Holy Spirit was kind of like, you know what? What if instead of you thinking we had to go longer, maybe you took some stuff out of your set and you actually just opened the whole thing up? Maybe you could use better the time that you've been given. So I realized at North Central, hey, look, we only have 18 minutes for a 50-minute service. I'm pretty happy about that, but I got to use that 18 minutes. And what am I doing with that 18 minutes? We got to follow the Spirit, right? Number two, come on now, number two. That's number three. Is number it is? Okay. All right. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. I'm good. I'm good. All right. So number two, our services should mirror, as our lives should, should mirror God's character. What do I mean by that? Well, I mentioned that a lot of us choose between scripted and unscripted based on our personalities and our upbringing. You know, for me, I would have chosen scripted because that's how I was raised, you know, and that's what we did in church. But then I discovered that there's some other things in the Bible, right? We understand that God is both a rock and he's a wind. He reveals himself in both of those ways. Some of us lean toward the rock side, the foundational, the planning side. He's always the same, never changes. Hey, that's truth. But God also reveals himself in the Bible as a wind, the spirit of God coming and going. You can't tell where he's coming from or where he's going. You've got to listen, right? So there's this both sides. Some people emphasize just the wind part of God, right? And they miss the rock side of God. Some people emphasize the rock side and they miss the wind side. There's a beautiful marriage between these two. And God wants us to operate in our services as in our lives the same way that he operates, right? He's showing us that it's a balance of the scripted and the unscripted, the planned and the unplanned, known songs and spontaneous songs, Okay, I'm going to give you some practical things here. And one of the things that is so important here this morning is understanding the need for spontaneous worship in our services. Now, I've been to a lot of different churches, and it feels like, if anything, we're kind of going the other direction. Like, I didn't grow up in the Assemblies of God, but I've been uh, at a, at attending and participating and around Assemblies of God people since... 1993, when I moved to Nashville and started going to Cornerstone Church there, changed my life. Got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I mean, just, I didn't grow up that way, right? I never lifted a hand. I I don't think I said this yesterday, but for me in my church, if somebody lifted their hand, we thought they had a question, you know, like, oh, you in the back, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's, and then, but what's interesting though, is I feel like as I stepped into the Assemblies of God, if I can be bold here, uh, it, they were just radical, like on fire. I couldn't believe how powerful this move was. I never experienced anything like that. So I started growing and reading and I'm seeking the Lord. I remember the first day I lifted one hand all the way up and about passed out, you know. But it, it, 
feels like, though, at times that I felt like I was kind of down here and I was growing, 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 but then it felt like in some ways we stayed stagnant as a church. Maybe even pulled back a little bit. Like, oh, we don't want to have the Holy Spirit because we're realizing church growth is going down if we bring the Holy Spirit into things or we do the unexpected or call people to do something that might be out of their comfort zone. So we bought into this lie that church is better without the Holy Spirit, without the, the unscripted. And we're, we got a planet, especially, we're talking about this, Molly, as, as a church gets bigger and bigger. You know, they're like, oh, well, I mean, I, I mentioned this yesterday, but somebody raised their hand in my class and said, well, obviously you can't use spontaneous worship in a big church. I'm like, obviously, why? <laughs> I mean, you can. It just takes teaching. You have to build the culture as to the why and lead them to do it. I shared yesterday that I led worship for a week at a National Youth Convention, 12,000 students, and we led them through the progression. I taught them every night a different level of sp- uh, spontaneous worship. By the end of the night or the end of the week, they're just going for it for five, ten minutes or whatever, just singing out their own song to God. There's something so powerful when we do that. And I'll explain some of those things. But what is spontaneous worship? It's use of impromptu or unplanned, previously unwritten songs within the worship context. All right? Previously unwritten songs, use of, use of impromptu, unplanned songs in our services. This is so important. And I know for some of you, this is like, well, yeah, we do that all the time. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, we do dabble in that a little bit. Cool. It feels like a lot of times if I'm in a service and, and something starts to happen that's spontaneous, about 30 seconds later, somebody gets up and says, and now you may be seated. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying, right? Like you get in that moment, right? Where we're like, oh, this could be like God's doing something right here. And somebody, okay, well, it's great to have everybody here on this Sunday morning. Everybody be seated. Oh man, it tells a joke or something like that. I'm like, man, come on. Is anybody listening to the Holy Spirit here? Are we, are we able to follow where the Spirit of God is going? Are we so tied to our service orders that we can't adjust if necessary? Spontaneous worship is part of the thing that's going to help us with that. As you know, a corporate song is a song that is previously written, right, for all to sing. And it's typically sung with everybody at the same time, right? So what are some characteristics of spontaneous songs? Uh, they often occur during a vamp or instrumental down section, right? So sometimes in this moment of a, a bridge, right before we sing the bridge, we decide, hey, let's just let the band play right here, you know? And let's just begin, and let's just begin to sing out, right? Let's just begin to sing our song to God, right? So then they, uh, they may be inspired by the lyrics of a known song we're singing, right? You're like, I don't know if you've ever been like, I do this at home. I'm singing with a Bethel song or something. And then I just feel like I want to say something to God that the song isn't saying. So I just sing my own song. And it comes so directly from me instead of just from those writers. Now, I think we can say good things and sing, you know, what the writers have said. And that can be anointed and all that stuff. But there's something powerful. And I'll explain that in a minute, too. Another characteristic, they help people step into deeper, deeper personal connection with God in the, within the corporate setting. I mentioned this yesterday. Part of my struggle, and I think I, maybe I'm the only one, I don't think so, but is that I, can, I could sing through a whole known song and not mean anything that I just sang because I was totally zoned out thinking about lunch or something. You know, I mean, like it just happens, right? I didn't mean to do that, but it just happens. But when somebody says, hey, begin to sing out your own song, I have to go, oh, what, what am I going to sing? What, do I, what should I say? Oh, God, I, you're here. <laughs> I'm here. I love you. I really do. And I want to say something, you know. So those things, it helps people stay connected 
and engaged. Have you ever felt like you looked out at your congregation and they weren't engaged? See, spontaneous worship is one of the tools. There's many, but one of the tools that will help you actually get them re-engaged because now they have to think about what they're saying. They can't just kind of be robots up there, or out there, right? Does that make sense? <clears throat> what are the top two types of spontaneous songs? Prayers set to music and congregational. What I mean by that is a lot of times what we start with is we just say, hey, just begin to sing out your own song. That's everybody singing their own song uh, that doesn't go together. It's not all of us singing one song, right? And a lot of times what I teach our, our teams to do is say, hey, let's just start off with that. So we just say, hey, begin to sing out your own song. And so the congregation starts to sing just simple things. I love you, Jesus, or or uh, God, you're awesome, or something like that. And we start doing that over the microphone. We're, we're uh, uh, modeling that. But then I'll take, once it kind of gets going, then I'll take my microphone away, and I'll just begin to sing to the Lord, just me and him, you know, and I'm just singing. And then I'll see, is there something that might catch that I feel like, oh, that bubbles up. And I start singing, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I'm like, I think we're supposed to all sing this. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. You know, and then I say, hey, sing that with me. And so we move from this moment where we're all kind of singing our own song spontaneously. And maybe that, that scripture is something that kind of was a spinoff of the song we were just singing. Right? It's not the same uh, lyric, but it's a similar type of vein. So we're not getting totally out of the vein of the song that we're singing, but we're just branching off from it. And it like, it stirs everything up. And what's crazy about this, oh, getting ahead of myself, but is that they play off of each other. And we'll get to that. So how do, this is, this is it right here. How do, we, how do spontaneous songs and congregational songs work together? Well, they build on each other. My point today is not to tell you that spontaneous songs are more spiritual than corporate songs, congregational songs that we know. Okay, but what I am telling you is that they both are needed. And they actually help each other. They bolster each other. They, they help lift each other up. I find that when we start out with a song that everybody knows, it's that congregational song, and then we kind of branch off into something, everybody sings their own song. Then if the Lord leads us to, we find a congregational spontaneous song. We lift that up. Maybe we do a big drums-only moment, and then we go right back into the, the big song that we were singing already, and it's like we have fresh eyes now. It's like we're singing that old song with a new mentality. Oh, I'm getting excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, do you see what's happening, though? Like, it's that, that spontaneous thing. It's not just like, oh, now we're doing this, and then we're doing that. No, they work together. It's like, it's like we're running off a diving board, you know? And like, we're like going, and they're singing that spontaneous, and then it brings new eyes to the corporate song. And it, and it helps people be open their hearts to hearing again maybe an old song that we've grown maybe, some, maybe numb to, you know? So they work together. They help each other. And I love what Bob Sorge says. And he's a, he said right there, here's a book on worship that's both inspiring and practical, both visionary and nitty gritty. And it comes from someone who has arisen. Man, what a blessing for him to say that. Bob Sorge, if you don't know him, you need to read everything he's written. Bob Sorge, uh, he said this, old songs gather and new songs propel. So there's really purposes for both things, right? And the old songs are the songs that we know. They're the known songs, right? Uh, the new songs could also be just a new corporate song that we learn, but then it could also be a spontaneous song that we're learning. Okay. We, guys, we've got a plan for the unplanned when it comes to uh, spontaneous worship. It seems kind of weird because 
what this means is we have to have, well, there's, there's going to be rehearsed. We have to rehearse what it means to be spontaneous. Two sides of this. What I mean by be, planning for the unplanned is that we actually have to create space. I mentioned that was the first thing the Lord told me. Like, you're not just going to do this, like, suddenly by yourself. Like, oh, it's just going to happen. Like, you actually have to make a plan for it. Like, hey, we're going to do this. And it started for us by going, okay, we're used to doing four songs, but let's hold loosely to that fourth song. That was kind of our first step of action. We said, okay, let's hold loosely to the fourth song, or maybe to the third song. We skip that one and go, but, and, and see, we're going to believe that it's not just something that could happen. It's actually something that God desires to happen. And I'm going to show a couple of biblical things here for why uh, the biblical precedent for this. But to expect these things to happen means you need to make plans for it and it'll be in your set list. I mean, like literally on PCO, if you have your spot there where it says, you know, song one, five minutes, song two, five minutes, song three, and all five minutes, you know, I don't know that you have to say, okay, four minutes, spontaneous worship. But you might, what, you, what I find ourselves doing is extending those five minutes. Instead of four songs, now five, 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 it's three songs or two songs, and it's like nine and nine. Or it's, you know, you do the math, but however it works, but you're allowing more space in those songs. Now, I know that can scare some people because like, well, what if nothing happens? Trust me, the Lord wants to move in this way. We can't not, fear is never the answer, right? Fear of what God might not do is not why we should not do something, right? God wants to move. If you will trust him and step out in faith and make a plan for this type of thing, it will change your service. It'll change your life, right? So we must specifically create space in the worship service for unplanned Holy Spirit moments. And then we must rehearse singing and playing spontaneously. This is, this is such a key piece because you have to teach your team how to flow in this, which means you have to understand signals and, and your MD has to be able to help you flow. And you have to understand, hey, if we're using Ableton, we actually have to learn how to manipulate Ableton, which it's made to do this. Like a lot of people don't realize this. Like, well, we use tracks, so that means we can't flow. That's a lie. That's not true. Like I've been using tracks. We were using tracks in Sonic Flood in 1999, okay? But we refuse to sacrifice the ability to flow just because we love the technology. There's a marriage that can happen with those things. One doesn't have to exist without the other, but you actually have to grow in your ability to use Ableton. I had a drummer who had a drum pad and he would have the verse on A, pad A, and the chorus on B, and the bridge on C, and I would give him a signal, and he'd hit the pad a couple bars before, and it would go right there, and it would cycle on that bridge until we were done, and I'd give him a signal, and we'd go back to the chorus, and he'd hit that one, and we'd go. You know, it's, it can be done. I love technology. I love that extra piece, but don't let that limit you. You have to rehearse these things. You have to teach your team how to do it, and then you have to teach your congregation how to do it. You're like, is it really worth it? Remember what I just described a few minutes earlier? It's worth it. You're going to see transformation. So I just want to get into a couple quick things about what the Bible says, and then we'll get to Molly here, and then we'll get some uh, Q&A time happening here. I'm trying to discipline myself. I think we're close. I think we're really close. All right. Just a couple of biblical things I want you to understand. And some of this we'll actually go into a little more detail in our fourth session uh, where we talk about the seven Hebrew words for praise and some other physical expressions of worship and the biblical precedent for those. All right, so, but what does the Bible say about spontaneous worship? 
Just a couple things I want to highlight. Number one is that Tehillah praise. Tehillah praise. Now, some of you guys know about the seven Hebrew words for praise. Some of you don't. This is one of, I mean, I'm, I'm going to share about it in detail in that fourth session, but it's one of the, I, I can't believe that we don't know this in our churches. This is so important. It's like the four Greek words for love. You know, there are storge, eros, phileo, agape, right? But we only have one for, word for love. Hence the confusion in our society about love, right? So the same thing for the word praise, right? There's more than, there's actually more than seven Hebrew words for praise, but Every time we see praise the Lord, people just think it's like a generic version. Oh, you do what you do. I'll praise the Lord how I praise him. You praise him. But it actually has these words behind it. And one of the words for praise is tehillah. All right. Everybody say that real quick. Say tehillah. Tehillah. There we go. One more time. Tehillah. There we go. Right. It's not tequila. All right. It's a different spirit. Okay. All right. I know. Yeah. Right. Right. See, I know you're like, all right. All right. All right. But this is a biblical form of praise. And you know, Yeah, there's so much to say. All right, so one of the things about tequila praise is that uh, it's, like, it's like when you get a greeting card, okay? Let's say either from, for me, like um, when my parents write me a birthday card, okay? So they, they pick out the right card. It's got all the professionally written poems and all that stuff, right? But they always write, and of course they still write in cursive, my kids can't even read it when they're <laughs> like, Dad, I got a card from Nina. Um, can you read it to me? I can't read what it says, but they don't teach that stuff anymore in school. But uh, in curse, they write in cursive. And you know what sometimes I do? I, I'll kind of skim over the poem, the, the professionally written part, and I go right to the handwritten stuff. Do you see what I'm saying there? Yeah. See, that's the spontaneous song. That's the one that's from you. And there's something special. It doesn't mean that the, 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 the professionally written thing is bad. Some people spend hours trying to figure out, the, you know, the right card and everything to say exactly the right way. You know, we're going to sing those songs with power as well. But there's something special. And it doesn't, you know, you get a card from a kid and what? There's misspellings, right? It says, I love you, you know, or something like that. And nobody's like, oh, oh, spelling error. No, you're like, oh, my God, it's so wonderful. Like, you know, that, that, this is how you encourage your congregation in this, right? They're like, oh, well, I'm not a singer. Like, guess what? You don't have to be a singer. All you have to do is make a joyful noise. I don't care what if it's in pitch. Now, the people on the stage, we should probably help, you know, with that. But, but, but the people in the congregation, they are only required to make a joyful noise. Just sing it out. Whatever it is, cry out to God. Be angry at God. Be loving toward God. David did all of that stuff, but it came from them. And that's the handwritten part of these cards. I'll talk more about Tehillah uh, later. But the other one, sing a uh, second one here, sing a new song. Man, God is still doing a new thing, right? Maybe that old DC talk song, right? <laughs> but one of the reasons is this scripture right here in Isaiah 48. God, the Bible tells us that God continually gives us new things to help keep us from saying we knew that all the time. Gosh, our congregations sometimes have the been there, done that attitude, right? We sang this song before. We just kind of do it. We know how it goes. And we, we do this, we drink our coffee, and we sit down, right? It's time to get rid of that been there, done that, at, that attitude. We understand God knows these things about our congregation. We should know these things about us too. We need a fresh approach. And he gives us new things to keep us from saying, ah, we knew that all the time. And then singing in the spirit. Hey, I, I don't know. Pentecostal church, right? Bible te- Paul said, I will sing in the... In the understanding, praying in the understanding, I will sing in the spirit. 
I, it doesn't say that, that singing in the Spirit in the Bible is a spontaneous song, but I can't imagine that it's planned. So, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, if you're singing in the Spirit, you're singing spontaneously, right? And you can invite your congregation to do that as well. All right, so that is, I think that's where we're going to stop there. There's plenty more to say, but I want to uh, get Molly up here. Give it up for Molly as she comes and shares some practical application stuff with you, okay? You yeah. take whatever you need to take, too. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for having me. I'm super honored to be here. Like you said, I'm from uh, River Valley Church, and we are um, a multiple location church. And so kind of what he's, what I was speaking on is this that it gets tough when you get more and more campuses, more and more um, services, that it gets um, easy where it's essentially kind of what the plan is and then it gets fed to the other campuses and they want you to follow kind of what these services look like. And it's just like, how can we create space within these times for the Holy Spirit to move? That it's not just to run the play um, get it done, even though there's probably people in your service that are like, I want to just run the play and get it done and go to lunch. But um, how do we, just like what Jeff was speaking on, how do we create that culture over time where we, we leave those intentional spots for the Holy Spirit to move? And um, on Thursdays, I run uh, the service plan with our staff and our pastors that we have um, at my campus. And we always say, okay, what, what are all the things that we have to do from the central thing? And how can we shift things within our services that we have specifically at our campus so that we can leave this space? And um, we have very quick service turnovers. We have three uh, services in the morning. And so that they go really, really fast. Time seems to just like fly by. And so we don't ever want it to just be a, well, we just kind of, sang the songs and we got it done and we are moving on like we want um at river valley we have a core set of values um like most churches have and um, we always say none of them are ranked except for one and that is the presence of god because we know that people when they enter into the presence of god that one moment in that presence of god it can change everything it can do a whole 180 of people's lives when they encounter that presence of god and we don't want to take that one thing out of there um because if that, then they're just coming and um, they could go to like a movie theater <laughs> if they right. want without on, the presence Molly, of God. Them. And so <laughs> we want people to encounter that because we know that it is life changing. And um, so we we do at my campus, we do three songs and I'll put a tag in there or something, maybe a little bit more traditional tag, a hymn or something like that. And um, we run tracks at my campus. And so just kind of learning with that, like it's. Um, so easy to just get stuck and be like, I'm going to sing this song because I don't want to get off the track because that's the most stressful thing ever when you come in at the wrong time right. on the track and then you're like, oh, and you're panicking. And um, it just gives you the hot sweats immediately when that happens. And so um, trying, to, trying to navigate the, that and the biggest thing is I think coming prepared to your service, yes. uh, spiritually being rehearsed. And so it's so easy to um, let the week kind of fly by. And then you're here Saturday night and you're like, I need to learn this brand new song. Mm-hmm. I need to do this. And so when you're in the service, that's all you're thinking about is like, do yes. I remember the lyrics? Do I remember the melody? Do I remember this? And even just encouraging your team members to be like, 
be practiced because I always say, okay, we've, we've done the rehearsal that we can, we've done what we can, yes. but I want to step aside now. I've done what I could in the practical, so let's step aside and let's let the Holy Spirit do what they want to do, what he wants to do because um, I've done my job in the practical, so I'm not, I don't have horse blinders on yes. being stressed out about that. And so throughout the week, I'm praying of, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in this service? What do you want to speak um, to your people specifically um, at this campus at this time? And I don't want to, I don't want to miss that because I'm so concerned with what, what the lyrics are, what the melody is, um, even is this person going to hit this piano part right and that. And so yeah. I encourage my team uh, throughout the week just be practiced, be rehearsed, and then come run rehearsal um, with intentionality and um, also to just make sure that everybody knows their parts so that we can step aside yeah. and let the Holy Spirit move. And, um, yeah, so I, I like to have those moments where we just have the three songs, and we usually have about 20 minutes for our services on the weekend, for the worship portion of the services. And so I like to leave these spaces of intentional um, kind of free flow times. And I talk with my, I've had my drummer for six years. We've been together, and it's just been so cool to see how we communicate even with just different signs and that like hand signals and that and um it's so crucial i think to just have your team be on the same page yeah. in terms of okay we're going to run this instrumental and over communicate that also like i'm going to let this instrumental play through this i'm not sure what the holy spirit wants to do in this moment but we're going to see when we get there and so we practice kind of that instrumental thing and i'll like signal to him like okay let's yeah. keep going let's keep going and he's in the md mic saying okay, we're going to keep going, let's keep going on this chord progression. And so making sure that you have the right communication, even if you need to take time throughout your week to say, hey, let's work on this. This is what I'm going to do if we want to keep going on this, or here's what I'm feeling in this moment and this. And so you and your musical director are on the same page of like, okay, this is where it can go. And then communicating that to your team uh, during rehearsals and that and uh, like you said practicing that moment because again that just releases you from the being stressed out about what's happening musically and be more concerned about what's happening spiritually yeah, in that so moment good, so good. and so we just want everything that we can do to get out of our own heads and let the Holy Spirit move in those moments and um, I know every single week it doesn't look the same. There are some weeks where you're like, wow, I kind of mailed that in mm -hmm. and I shouldn't have done that. And you kind of get that Holy Spirit check of um, I shouldn't, I, I don't feel great about, yeah. <laughs> about that. And yep. people are staring at you with their coffee and that and they're like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> and... Um, I remember when I first started, I was so insecure as a leader in the sense of I didn't want to create space because, heaven forbid, I had words that came out of my own mouth, that came out of my own heart. And um, so I just didn't know. I was like, I didn't feel like I had something to say. 
And so I was like, I'm just going to let the professionals write the songs and I'm going to sing them because they're great. And people seem to engage in that. But as I, as I um, continue to grow, we're always growing, we're always learning, as we should. Um, I just learned that those moments where you take the space are so magical and so important because that's when people can have this real connection and with the Holy Spirit and they're able to bring that home. They're able to bring that just that uplift um, to their spirit of just being like, wow, I really had this really special connection, this breakthrough connection with the Holy Spirit in this service. And something I like to do, and even if you seem like you run out of time on your Sunday mornings or that, I like to bring it into, especially teach it for worship nights and have those moments because you're able to run a little bit longer. You're, there's not so much stick to the plan. There's not usually a message. Um, there's usually prayer moments that happen spontaneously where you leave the space and pastors can come up and pray for healing and pray for this. And we use that on Sunday mornings too. There's always a prayer moment. Um, we'll leave it. We'll kind of just let instrumentals go. We, our campus pastor will usually come up and he'll run something that kind of feels like what's on his heart. Pray for healing. Pray for breakthrough. Pray for this. And um, there should always be time for prayer <laughs> for people in the congregation. And, um, but for worship nights, you're able to teach a little bit more and able to kind of um, have these moments where you can go a lot longer and things, usually people who come to worship nights are like, oh yes, I'm ready for this. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for the Holy Spirit, these moments <laughs> where it's like not awkward and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's such an awesome part is to teach that in that and then also encourage them for that group to bring it to the weekend services yes. so that they're able to lead maybe the people that don't feel super comfortable with it and they're like, what is happening? This is not what I signed up for. Um, And all my parents came and they're like, what? People are raising their hands. (laughs) This is weird. I'm like, just, it's fine. We'll go to lunch. I'll just explain it. It's great. It's great. Um, And so just letting those people that, that come to those and even encouraging your team to just lead the way. Be yeah. front row leaders in that where it, it kind of takes the stress off of like, okay, I see other people doing it and I'm just going to st- maybe let my guard down because it's not weird and it's not scary and it's that and um, it, that's again a culture thing developing that and we always say gentle pressure relentlessly applied. Mm, you keep pressing in and you're not making this quick 180 switch of like this is what we're doing and we're doing 15 minutes of spontaneous and everyone's like this is not the church I signed up for Um, and so just doing little things little changes over time and then that eventually sows the seeds of culture into your campus into your church and then eventually over time you see I'm going on six years at this campus and again and now I'm just kind of starting to see some fruit and then uh, you'll have a change again and then you have to reteach the culture and you have to reteach all these things and so it's never done you've never arrived and never think that like okay this is my sweet spot I'm just gonna just smooth sailing from now on (laughs) and so you just always got to teach it you always got to take these moments and even explaining like sing out your new song somebody's like what's a new song? Like, I don't know what that is. And so even explaining like, 
hey, in these moments, like, we're going to say, just say what you want to the Lord in your own words and speak to Him and what you're going through. And don't worry about what's going on stage. Just worry about what's going on between you and what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. And one of my biggest things is make sure everybody on your team is spiritually right with the Lord. Just because somebody is great at guitar, Mm -hmm. somebody can play this awesome keys line, doesn't mean that they're right for the spot. And I know it's so easy to be like, you're great. You have to be on my team. And they're like, I don't believe in the Lord. And you're like, that's okay. We'll figure that out down the line. It's all right. And you don't. (laughs) It's so easy to be like, but I need you. But it's it's this thing of the Holy Spirit can't move if your team's not in unity with the Holy Spirit. There has to be a foundation of, okay, we believe in the presence of God and what it can do. And everybody on your team has to be on that same page or else there's this discord that happens and things seem to kind of feel a little bit off. And even if people are like, well, this person doesn't believe in the Lord. I don't know, like, they can't lead me in worship. Like, they're doing X, Y, and Z off of the stage. And so we need to make sure that those who are on the stage have the same authenticity off of this stage because something I've noticed in this day and age is that people crave things that are authentic and then they can sniff things out that are not authentic in like a snap and so we want to make sure that we lead with an authenticity so that when we're off of the stage like wow they really are walking with the Lord day in and day out and so that they, we are become, as worship leaders and worship pastors, we become trusted to, to lead people into the presence of God. And so, I don't even know, I'm not even speaking on tons of practical, but just leaving that space, that intentional space for the Holy Spirit to move. And don't be afraid of those, of those unplanned moments and take a step back. Take a deep breath. I always am like, Okay, don't think about what's coming next. Just truly take a deep breath and just really soak in the presence of God. Because there's been so many times where I'm like, I want to rush into something next. But the Holy Spirit's like, pump the brakes. (laughs) I want something, I want to say something here. And then you'll get people coming up to you at the end of service like, that was me. That was exactly what I needed to hear. Or this is that. And... And so throughout your weekly, I would say leave more time to be in your word. Leave more time to be asking the Holy Spirit what um, he wants to do in those moments than the actual planning. Because the actual planning, it'll, it'll get done. You know, like I'm always like, I'm going to put these songs in. And that's my hope of these are the songs that I feel like are going to... Um, speak to my congregation at this time, kind of what we need, or it's communion weekend, so I'm going to do kind of more like that. Um, But I never want to lose the Holy Spirit and lose God in it, in the planning. I'm totally a planner, too. I'm like, 
I love it. I love a good plan, right. and I love when it sticks to it because <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys are do Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram 9, so I love the peacemaking. So I'm like, as long as things stick to the plan, it feels great. And there's no, like, shaking or rattling of things. And so I really had to die to myself in that yes. and die to kind of like, I don't want to say things or I don't want things to go off. And um, I just truly had to just be fully into what um, the Holy Spirit wanted to do in those moments and not be afraid of it and, and um, just bring your congregation along uh, with you and encourage and teach. And um, there will be days where you're like, that flopped and I just want to go crawl in a hole forever. Um, but keep doing it. Like I said, that gentle pressure relentlessly applied, eventually you'll see that change happen over time and you just have to keep teaching and um, the Holy Spirit's doing something really awesome and um, he's never done working he's never done moving and so um, I guess this Molly, as, we, as we just have just a couple of questions yeah Jeff, you can head up there. Totally. Like, what do you what do you uh, what do you tell your instrumentalists to be doing when a moment like that is happening what yeah what are you saying to your what have you pre-said to your instrumentalists for moments like that? Yeah, so on Sunday mornings, I'll usually say, okay, this is where I'm feeling like I want to take this intentional time for the instrumental to happen. And a lot of the times it'll be like, we'll cut the track and we'll just be on the instrumental maybe before the bridge. And just like Jeff was speaking, like we have the bridge kind of triggered up yep. in tracks in Ableton where... I'm like, okay, we're just going to sit on this for a while. And when we feel like we kind of reach the moment where the spontaneous is done, then he'll trigger the tracks and we'll yeah. go into the bridge. Um, so we're not tied to the tracks because I know, like, you obviously don't want to get off of that um, if you're tied to it. And so I will, before we even start rehearsal, I kind of speak through the plan. And then I'll say, okay, this is an instrumental we're going to be sitting on. So That's we'll good. practice that when That's we go good. into rehearsal. And so we're not kind of like blindsided with that um, in terms of what the actual like musicians are playing in that moment. And he'll just say, okay, we're going to go to the bridge here. And I'll like do this for like bridge. And so again, we have like different hand signals and um, then he'll say, we're going to go to the bridge and uh, in the talk back mic. And so then we're all kind of in that. And so um, we always practice, I guess, the section that we're going to be playing over and over again and then he'll trigger it because then again if Ableton's not working <laughs> or mm -hmm. something in the rehearsal like then you can buff that out so then again you're not stressed out about what's coming what's next and so I just try to be really intentional like this is the section that we're I think playing. one thing that helps too with all this is that we're not saying that it just needs to be like everything is a free flow moment right mm -hmm. I, I hear Molly saying this already but and I didn't say it yet but we're picking one or two spots in every song where something could happen and we're communicating that to the team, you know, and maybe it's just one right off the bat. Like if you could just, if you had one moment in every service, like if we only have 20 minutes or if we only have 17 minutes, but there should be at least one moment in every service, which to me, it makes me want to go, okay, let's, let's have three possible moments where something could happen. We might skip right past that first one, but then something happens in that second one. And then in the second service, it might happen in the first one, you know, but we've made 
made a plan. We've said, hey, in this moment, as she was saying, right before we get the bridge here, or at the beginning of this song. There's kind of like three moments where you can mm -hmm. kind of, you don't usually do it in the middle of the verse, usually, you know, so, right. but it, maybe at the beginning of a song, you just linger for a few moments, you know, and then something happens. I've gone five minutes at the beginning of a song with just spontaneous stuff that was happening. It was so powerful. The band's playing, we're just playing the one chord, you know, the, just the time, just the root chord, you know, for, for five minutes, but people are singing out mm -hmm. or, or that spot right before the bridge a lot of times or at the end too, before you might go back into something else. I would also say this, that when you're thinking spontaneous, like there's two different things here. You might be thinking, oh, like you want us to sing the, the bridge like 10 more times. No, that's a different thing. That's a different thing. We like creativity. That's another thing we talk about in the book is that creativity is important. Change the arrangement. The Hillsong police are not going to show up if you don't do the song the way they did it, okay? Right? But that's a different thing. That's not the spontaneous side of things. You could do spontaneous arrangements. That's good too. But we're talking about spontaneous singing the songs that are previously unwritten. Mm -hmm. And I believe, and I hear, man, you, you said so many great things that you covered. Seriously, the, from the preparation to all these different things, right? Uh, but it, it, I truly believe that these moments will change your congregation. They're, yeah. I, I'm not saying someone couldn't have a life change in a song that we already know. I think it does happen a lot. But I think there's the two working together. Again, really, we're not highlighting one over the other. But there's something that happens when people start to engage with their own mouth to yeah. the Lord. Um, I know we're out of time. We are. I really I want to give you one last analogy, okay? Uh, this is so important. Okay, Navy SEAL. All right, go with me for just a second here. All right, Navy SEALs, you can imagine these guys are the best at what they do, right? And they, let's say they have a situation, they have a hostage and they're trying to rescue, right? So you can imagine that they're going to have a serious plan. Like they're going to have just incredible, perfect plan of how this is going to go down, right? But can you imagine how many times a Navy SEAL mission actually goes according to plan? Probably not ever. Right. Exactly. According to plan. And this is the reason that they're so good at what they do is because they were born to adapt. Now, can you imagine like there's 10 steps to their original plan? Right. They've got the whole thing, the set list for them. That's their set list. Right. They've got this plan and they start going down one, two. Oh, it's working. Everything's going according to plan. They hit five and something blows up. Something's not right. It's not good. But they're so committed to the plan, they don't change course where they shouldn't adapt. They stick to the plan and they just keep going. We're going to do six, seven, even if we don't get to the hostage, we're going to keep going. By the, you know, that doesn't make any sense. But I'm telling you guys, there are churches who are more committed to the plan mm -hmm. than they are to the mission. Right. And this has to change. The mission is to help people connect with God. That's our mission, right? And it's going to sometimes go according to plan. You know, sometimes we... We, we don't step into something spontaneous and everything that happened needed to happen. Yeah. But other times, like if we don't ever do these things, we're, not gonna, we're, we're, we're the people that are more committed to the plan than we are to the mission. Put the plan down. I mean, they, they plan, we plan, I love it, you know. But be, I, I, I think if you asked every pastor and every worship leader, if the Holy Spirit changed the order of service, would you be willing to change? No one's going to say no to that. Right. <laughs> but it feels like still, though, that people aren't doing it. Maybe the Holy Spirit isn't directing us to change things. I think according to the word, he is. All right, give it up. <laughs>